Welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear. Your hosts, Des, a transformational life coach, and Gina Marie, a personal development mentor, are here to help you have confidence, embrace your worth, and find your joy. Des and Gina Marie are fierce friends and lifestyle entrepreneurs that will encourage you to have faith, elevate your mindset, and take action so you can achieve the results you desire. They believe that an abundant life is sustained by overcoming your fears through creating a circle that elevates you and rises with you. Your blissful journey begins now. Welcome to the Bliss Beyond Fear podcast. This is literally always the favorite thing on a weekly basis. To getting do. together and doing this? Getting together to record our podcast is life's mission and joy. Love it. And it's always a treat because I feel like we're building up to something every time we're at the beginning. I don't know. I'm a little nervous about this episode. I though. know. <laughs> so we have a really special episode today. This and is not short bus special. No. <laughs> You just had to throw that in there, didn't you? Yeah, I do. Well, every time there's a bliss beyond fear first, I feel like that is an acknowledgement. Today, we have an interview with a couple, and the couple happens to be Miss Gina Marie herself dun, dun, dun. and her man, Wesley Olson. Ow! <laughs> oh, my. Oh, man, there he is, coming in hot. And there he is, Woo, coming in hot. So here's the deal. We've been talking about some deep things in the last couple of weeks. We spent some time talking about eliminating self-doubt. We spent some time talking about healing from trauma. And one of the common themes is relationships and how you can move on to a relationship when you've had some tough times in the past, when you've had heartbreak, when you've had expectations not being met, when you went in thinking one thing and you came out thinking something else. There is a lot of fear and self-limiting beliefs that can be attached to relationships, and they can either survive or they can thrive. And what I'm hoping by having a vulnerable conversation with both of you today is we can provide some hope for those that are out there that have had their different relationship challenges and know that even though you've gone through some tough stuff, you can come out on the other side of it and actually find love and have a happy, healthy relationship and thrive. That's right. So... Oh, that, is that. The, that is the mission for today. Really? Who are you interviewing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be this is going to be something. OK, uh, hit me with your best shot. Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm waiting for it. I I'm know. Ready. I'm I know. Ready. Having Gina Marie in the hot seat, it just kind of makes me really happy right now. <laughs> You know, and I think so, I'm just going to sit back and watch. Wes oh. is like, what did I get He's myself all, what into? What is happening? What is happening <laughs> with these two? So I'm going to start with where you were before you met each other, right? So you've had, you've had a past, obviously. There were people before you. And I think in order to understand how you got here, 
we kind of need to know where you've been. So, Jean Marie, I'm going to start with you. Okay, you can start with me because I think everybody kind of knows my story, right? So I was with the same man for 32 years and we have eight daughters together and he suffered a heart attack unexpectedly and I found myself a widow in my late 40s. And in a nutshell, that's um, that's that's my story. Going into, do you want me to keep going on that, or do you just want me to say where I came from and stop there? Yeah, stop there and let's okay. kind of let's hear Wes's dynamic, okay. and then I'll just kind of so dig in with with both. That's of you. my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. <laughs> Same story you told me. So okay, we're, we're okay good. good. We're good so far. All right, we're all right. good so far. I might have to keep a, a, a tracker in this episode of. Uh, oh, I'm, tra- I'm tracking. Right? Is that a, is that a attention? He's watching me like a hawk right or now. A positive <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Wes? Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm divorced. Uh, I was with uh, my ex-wife, my kid's mom, for 21 years. Married 17 years, and uh, when that relationship ended, uh, got into another relationship very quickly. A four and a half year off and on toxic relationship. Um, a lot of growth in that, a lot of learning. Um, and so there was that. And then after that, a one and a half year relationship right after that, uh, that ended pretty tragically, not, not with death, but just, you know, um, it was kind of brutal and then took some time off, took some time for myself. And then, yeah, a lot of other little things in between and interesting little stories, but here we are today. Yeah. So you got back up on that horse. You've never not gotten back up on that horse. And I think both of you have gone through a period of having to reflect and be on your own before you took another leap of faith to decide to date again. What was it like for you in the in-between period? You ta- Wes, you know, you talked about learning. What are some of the things that you learned when you spent time alone after relationship ended? I think that for me, I look at life as a journey and each phase of the journey has been crucial to getting to where I am now. Right. And, uh, I think, you know, the one thing I, I didn't learn was taking enough time for myself to heal and to learn and grow, uh, from those relationships. Um, but I did, well, you still learn and move on, right? I mean, each one was was different. I went from a very long relationship to a shorter relationship to an even shorter relationship, um, and and then does that mean I'm doomed? Uh, Just kidding. No. <laughs> uh, 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 Is there a pattern here? I don't know. No, Go ahead. there's no no pattern at all. I, you know, it's actually kind of a you know the story of how we got together. I mean, this is kind of funny. So, uh, um, it, no, it was it was uh, quite. So right, you learned, right. I didn't mean to take you off track. Yeah. So you were yeah. saying that you, you know, you had a long relationship and you found that. Which relationship were we talking about? The first about? one, you know, your first <laughs> marriage, you said you had a long relationship. Yeah, and 21 with, years. Okay. Yeah. And then, and from that decided that wasn't going to work. And then from the next. You know, I think a lot of people will relate to this. I, I think both of us knew uh, several years before it ended that it wasn't going to last or that it wasn't meant to go the distance. Uh, and, and then I I think, especially in in that, for those who have been 
with someone for any length of time, you start, if it's not working right, you spend those last couple of years or those, that last bit of time, whether that's a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years, really looking at what you feel you're not getting or what you would want in, in the next relationship. Uh, and, and sometimes you have to be careful with that because, you know, <laughs> you got what you wanted. I, 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 you know, coming out of that relationship, I went into a relationship where I got exactly what I wanted and then some, uh, and, and so that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, but there was a lot of growth in that. There was huge growth in that. And, and, uh, you know, I stayed in it probably too, I stayed in it longer than I should have. Um, and I could, we could analyze that so many ways. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious cause there's a little bit of that. I think people can relate to that Wes. So you've experienced where you've felt or seen that there's writing on the wall, whether that was from your marriage or a relationship that was after what is that process like where you're, you see it, you stay and then you realize it's been too long. So how do you, how do you pivot? Like what, what is the thing that makes you go, okay, this, this is it. I, I've got to end yeah, this. Was there like a defining moment where it was like on this day, I knew this was it. I needed to There was to some kind exit. of cherry on the top that was like, okay. I think there's always a pivotal moment. Always. That makes you go, okay, this is it. No matter how long you've been thinking about it, contemplating it, planning it, uh, and it usually doesn't go as planned. I think we all, <laughs> especially in that 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 first one, that first long one, I think we we have this plan of how we're going to exit, and it usually doesn't work that way. And, and I think when we realize, just recognizing when your gut knows that it's not right, end it. Instincts Do, are a thing. They, they are a huge thing. And I think, you know, that's what I finally learned that, you know, your gut knows, listen to it. Don't wait. You're only going to do more damage, more damage well, to you're yourself. you're not serving anyone if you're miserable and that. You're, you're truly not. That person is miserable. You're truly not. And, and I think what it really comes down to is knowing yourself, loving yourself and respecting yourself. Boom. Hmm. So now, so you had your first relationship and you were like, okay, now I know what I want in the next. And you said, I got it. And whoa, an extra, you whoa, said Nelly. <laughs> well, so what happened yeah. there? <laughs> Dang, we're going deep on this. <laughs> uh, what happened there? So, you know, because well, they're you all going to be like, what? He didn't well, say what, what was, was the extra? Yeah, what was the good? You think you know what you want. I mean, that, that person I was with for 21 years, I, you know, mm. we were together that, you know, she's the mother of my kids. You know, you're, you're, you're growing, your lives are intertwined. You, you're not, you don't even know what you want yet when you're in your early twenties. I mean, you might think you do, but you don't. I think we all thought we did. And we were all wrong. <laughs> uh, Just uh, saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Almost a hundred percent on that one. And, uh, so then, you know, it, I think what you want is what you think you're missing or not getting. Mm. Okay. So you're like, okay, so. Correct. I'm not getting Now this. I found something that I was missing and not getting. It's like compensating for, I don't know. I think it is. What you didn't get. You know, here, here I'm in this long relationship and I feel like I'm not getting, I'm not saying I, you know, it, it's what we feel. It's what we think. So I think I'm, I feel like I'm not getting this and this and this. Okay. So that's what I would want in the next relationship, right? (laughs) 
Uh, I don't know. You know, so you get that and then you realize, okay, well, maybe I wasn't specific enough or maybe I just didn't totally know. And, and it's, you know, I, I think people are looking for that. I think they go into it and think that this is going to be the one. This is it. Um, when I think if people could just look at it as life's meant to be a journey, maybe it is the one, maybe it's not the one, maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. And being okay, no matter which way that goes, right? And and I think you stand a much better chance. Uh, on that one, it was really, you know. It's hard round. for women. It's hard for me. Are you, You're not wired that way. Are you wired that way? I'm wired that way. I'm, I've personally come to a place what as you come Wes is to just, a place where yeah. you're like you totally agree with what Wes I is saying i am vibing on and your level totally Wes. getting it and totally vibing. and embodying it and everything 100 percent. me not so much and <laughs> just saying all right but, this is good but this is so good. you came to that i did that wasn't that always is that way. not how it was okay there, there's all if i might interject for a quick second i mean there's there's also the fact that you know, um, Gina Marie, you're, you're a unicorn of sorts. <laughs> you know, you were with the same person for 32 years. No, we didn't you... mean it like that. Never mind. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, no I, I, you I, know, I, you, you, you lost your husband after yeah. you, you lost that person you were with after 32 years. You didn't divorce him. He didn't divorce you. Mm-hmm. He was taken from this earth after 32 years of being with you. Right. And, and I think there's that relatability that I have with you, Wes, because I've been divorced. So I understand that journey of, but I did have absolutely have a fairy tale mindset when I was younger that no divorce that happens to other people. That's not going to happen to me. And I was the one that wanted the divorce. Mm. So there's, you know, foot and mouth when, Uh when, you know, you think that you don't know till you, till you, give it a shot. And so to your point, you, you can't predict life. One thing that's guaranteed in life is uncertainty. Mm, Period. Period. For sure. You know, truth. We are not the crystal ball that says this is going to work or that's not going to work. You give it a shot and you do your best. (laughs) That's the best you can do. And so that's, that's relatable, you know, getting, getting out there and giving it a shot. And so you had some lessons interesting because you had a divorce and you had those different relationships, but Gina Marie talk about your experience because that is very different. You had, you lost your husband unexpectedly and then had to go, okay, now what? Hey, yeah, you know, and, and there were, it, it was very interesting because in every relationship, nothing is perfect. And, um, and it's a lot of work constantly. It just is. And, you know, in our relationship, you know, I met him when I was 18 and he was 14 years older than I was. And, and, I was, you know, I submitted to all of his thoughts and I let him guide me until the point to where I lost respect for him because I didn't, I was like, Ooh, Hey, how did we get here? There were a lot of stresses that were brought on by not taking care of responsibilities. Um, 
you know, I'm responsible for that as just as much as, as he is. We were in the, in the marriage together and everything. But, um, I think, you know, having him leave this earth, uh, the thing that was so traumatic for me, in addition to the heartbreak of my children, um, unfortunately, you know, towards the end of our relationship, it wasn't all that. And so I was left with guilt of like, why did I have to be such a bitter woman? Why couldn't I been that woman that recognized in that man that he needed somebody to build him up and, and say to him, okay, I, you know what? I don't know what kind of mess we're in right now, but we got this and we'll get through this together. And then he's gone. So I saw some things in myself that, you know, like Wes says, no regrets. I mean, I do have regrets. I wish that, you know, that wouldn't have happened, although it did. And I want to learn from it. After he passed away, here I am. I've had eight kids. I, you know, I could I could either go one direction or another. I could say, I've got eight kids. He left me in this huge debt. I don't know how I'm going to get out of all of this. The thought of anybody ever loving me again, well, forget that. Or I can say, he left me with all this mess. I can clean it up. I can be stronger from it. I am, I'm a valuable woman that any man would, would love to be with. And I've got lots of love to give and, and lots to bring to the relationship because of the experience that I had because of the lessons that I've learned. And I took that and, you know, I don't want that for me. It's like to go through that and not learn anything from it is more of a heartbreak than it even happening Mm. because it is a heartbreak being, being with Wes has been such a blessing to me we have an amazing relationship and, and I, I liken it to, you know, when you have your first child, you love them and then you get pregnant with your second child and you don't say, okay, well the first child's chopped liver. Now I'm replacing everything that the first child ever was. And I will only love the second child. No, they just add on to that. And, um, and that's how, you know, my relationship with Jeff and, and I just absolutely love that Wes has been just so amazing. Well, and we have a little backstory about that too and how we met, but Mm -hmm. where, you know, the, the children talk about their dad in front of him. He talks about their dad in front of them. And, you know, we don't act as if, Jeff never existed and Wes doesn't replace Jeff, but he is definitely an addition to my life. And I, and I absolutely love it. So, you know, I came out of it with a choice to, and a a lot of this was because of um, being afraid after being left with all of the kids, my natural instinct was I got to figure out how to figure this out. And I don't know how to figure it out, but you know what? There are a lot of resources out there. So I started just reading books like crazy and listening to podcasts like crazy. And, and with that, I was building my self-esteem and my value. And when you do that, you attract valuable things into your life. I 
attracted a, you know, a wonderful job, a great career, an amazing business partner, uh, a wonderful man because of that choice that I made. I could pull the covers up over my head and cry and just go, okay, I'm just going to wear black for the rest of my life. Or let's, you know, I don't know. Well, and this is, you know, my sleeves and see what I get done. This is like the teacher in me having a purposeful pause because I just want to reflect on a couple of things that you that you all said, you know, from the perspective of our audience who's listening, going, okay, let me try to process what Jean Marie and Wes are talking about. I've learned, I've heard, I heard a few things. So let me make sure I'm playing it back right. You, you focused on learning. You focused on healing. There is a healing process that happens after something ends, right? It's like... You have to nurture that. You're nurturing that. But something I think is really important is self-love and self-esteem and self-respect. All of those things, if you don't have that, it's going to be pretty tough to go and be in another relationship. You have to sit with that and often rebuild that self-esteem. And the reflection of what self-love looks like to honor that you can spend some time alone and live to tell about it. It's okay. So for anybody who is in that position right now where maybe you're, you know, getting back out there, don't beat yourself up for spending some time thinking about what it is that you want and reflecting on what you've learned think that's a really important part of the process. I think reflection's the biggest part of the process. I call it autopsy. Every time something ends, they do an autopsy. I look back on it and and what Gina Marie said in, in regards to, you know, she looked at the person that she wasn't or could have been for him. And out of that comes growth. It's looking back on what happened, what you went through, owning your part of it and not playing the victim. And saying, how can I learn and grow and be a better person from this? What can I take that was good and bring it into the next? And what could I have done better? Because there's there was two people in that relationship, whether that person left for whatever reason, you know, or was taken away and off this earth. I mean, that's, you know, you have to be able to look at it and own your part of it. I... Wes, there's like this, I wish that this was on video because that there's this light bulb that I'm envisioning that's happening, like so I'm experiencing right now. Responsibility is a huge part. It takes two people to be in a relationship and it's funny. So I, I don't talk about this. I don't think I've ever talked about this. It's going to be an interesting podcast. There's all kinds of stuff is coming out. Um, you know, so I have, I'm in my second marriage And my husband and I, Miguel, um, have been doing an autopsy on our, on our marriage because there's different things associated with it that we are in the process of learning and, um, we're spending time apart to, and it's, and I, it really triggered that for me because when you said that, um, Miguel has said, I've done an autopsy and here is where I screwed up 
in a number of ways. And it's, it's a, an incredibly productive process because we come to the table having very mature, very adult, respectful conversations because it's not accusatory, it's not derogatory, and it's in the spirit of learning to go, oh my gosh, you're right. I did some stuff that was not, I could have done that better. You could have done that better. And so I think reflection is huge. And I think it's important, you know, I've seen people reflect and I've seen people be paralyzed. Like, I think there's, there's definitely a, you know, a balance in that. For me with my temperament, I, I heal quickly. I get over things quickly. I move on quickly. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, me, not so much. Him, not so much. So it's funny because when we first got together, he was like, I don't know if you've had enough time alone. And I'm like, you know what? I have learned. I don't need to learn alone. I can learn with people. I can learn through people. I can learn because for me, it was different. You know, I'd been with the same guy for 32 years. So a lot of my learning was, you know, meeting other people and kind of interacting that way. For him, his healing involved a lot of reflection. And so I, I think he was a little cautious. Well, I was really cautious about all sorts of things with me. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's actually a great, that's a great pivot point. Wow. Jean-Marie. Let's, let's pivot. So now we've learned about your, your, your backstories, right? We all got backstories. Um, let's talk about how you guys met. How did that happen? He said, she said, ready? Uh, <laughs> this ought to be good. Uh, are you going to go first? No, you are. No, Ooh. why, why? No, hey, wait. one, two, three, not it. <laughs> I, I always tell the story. It's good when you tell the story. All right, I'll tell okay. the story. Because, you know, I tend to embellish, so, so it's probably better if you tell the story. So we both found ourselves in rehab. And <sighs> that was a joke. Okay. What <laughs> You're going to give it to me. I'm going to run with it. <laughs> Damn. So, um, actually, um, my relationship with Wesley was that my husband worked for him years ago and we're still trying to figure out the timing because I swear it was when I was pregnant with my seventh, no eighth. He thinks it was seventh because he remembers me coming into the office to, to tell my husband that I was pregnant and your reaction was... (laughs) Again, what the heck are you thinking? Like, pay the damn cable bill already. Jesus. Oh my gosh. So, I can't so, breathe. So, um, yeah, that was that. And then, I mean, I literally, that that is the only conversation I ever even remember having with you. And then that was it. And then had a, you know, had the baby years later, you know, lose Jeff. Um, a year and a half after that, he comes in to where I'm working. I'm the director of corporate events at a vineyard and he was president of of Rotary that year. And he came in to talk about doing a gala. And so I served him and helped them put together this event. And, um, I saw him walking up and I was like, Oh, What's that TikTok music? That's my type. That's oh my type. boy, <laughs> we're not even going to get into TikTok. It's a whole nother podcast so episode. I was like, oh, mm, okay, well, there's that then. And so I, I thought, 
oh my gosh, like I, I know of him. He's got a great reputation. He's a great guy. He was a, he was a great, just a great, I, I had so much respect for him as a businessman and, and just somebody who was a contributor to uh, our community and um, just a great person and super hot. And so I thought, wow, well, maybe, maybe him. And so I started doing some digging around and my um, one of our ambassadors, Melanie, used to work for him as well, the same time that Jeff, my late husband, worked for him. And so I remember calling up Melanie. I'm like, hey, what about Wes Olson? And she was like, um, he works a lot. That was the first thing she said. He works a lot. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he doesn't date local. And I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. All right, then. So then. I didn't, you know, we're still, it's a process when you're putting on a function like this. We're going back and forth. You have the time, you have like the wrap up, you know, whatever. So I reached out to another mutual friend, Angie. And I said, I said, Hey, Angie, I said, okay, so I want you to put a good word for me. I'm like, I'm, you know, what do you think about me and Wes? And she's like, I think it would be great, but Oh, I don't know, girl, he doesn't date local. And I'm like, what the heck in the world? Right? So I'm having interactions with him and he, when he is focused on something, he is focused on something. And it's like, you know, a dog on a hunt doesn't have fleas. That's this guy. Like he doesn't pay. If he's focused on something, he is focused on that. And so I'm thinking he must be into tall blondes because he is not paying any attention to me. I am dropping the handkerchief and he is not picking it up, whatever. And then we ran into each other during around town. And I would see him and he was, you know, he, he, he thanked me. He was like, you know, we had the best event we've ever had and, you know, raised the most money. And it was so great because it was a charity event. And, and he, um, he said, thank you so much. You guys did such a great job. And, um, we had exchanged phone numbers, but then I would see something like a podcast or I would see something and I would go, oh my gosh. And I'd frisbeed out to him or send him a video. Uh, one time he said, oh, okay. So. He came in with a friend. This he might be finding out about this for the first time. So he came in with a friend, and since he didn't date local, I was like, you know what? His friend's kind of cute, and oh boy. I didn't know his friend had a girlfriend. And so I said, um, and so I ran into his friend afterwards, and we exchanged phone numbers. And he was like, yeah, I should come out to the vineyard, and and then I didn't really hear from him. So I was I reached out to him to Wes to get his friend's phone number. And he was like, oh, so what do you want his phone number for? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I was going to come out to the vineyard and we talked about it and everything. I wanted to invite him over. And and so he's like, what have you been up to? I said, I have been dating. No kidding. <laughs> I said, I've been fantastic. And he goes, really? Well, I want to hear all about it. This is over a text. And so I sent him back a video. And... And he got That's the video. Where it all began. Bob, boom! You know your skills, right? So, so I was just—I honestly didn't. I literally was like, he is not into me, and I'm not into a guy who's not into me. Like, I'm not that. Whatever, you know. If you're not, bye. Like, I'm not gonna try to make somebody be into me. And so he—he um, he goes, wow. He goes. I send videos all the time. This is the first time I've ever gotten a video. And, oh, you and met so, your match. 
I did. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let okay. me let me Let's pause you there story. and let me get Wes's color commentary. How accurate is Gina Marie's account? Is there anything else that you would add? What's your point of view? No, she's spot on. Boom. <laughs> She agrees with you. Okay, point for Wes. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was, I was, I was very focused on on me and working on me, and um, yeah, I just, I, I wasn't at a point where I was ready to receive any anything. It was how soon after your last breakup was the gala? Oh my gosh, it was. Gala was like in November-ish, right? Yeah, it was a year, over a year and a half. It was at least a year and a half. There was there was a lot of time, but it still, I still wasn't. It still, yeah, still wasn't enough. He takes longer to heal than I do. So, (laughs) Gina Marie's all okay. That was yesterday. Moving on. No, I'm kidding. So, oh, last hour. Okay, whatever. I'm over. What do you want for dinner? So, what ended up happening was we started. So we went from acquaintances to. We had a business relationship from the business relationship to really a friendship. And it was kind of like what we what we talk about when you just kind of give that up and you just go whatever and you just let it go. Then it just kind of naturally came together. And I remember like like um, totally flirting with him. And one of the last videos I had sent him was yeah, you're really I said, you know, you're you are so unusual that you love self-development, you know, you're good looking and you've got all of these, these things for you. It's too bad. You live local. Too bad. I don't date local because I knew about him not doing that. So I was, but then so, I didn't hear from him. <laughs> I was so set you, up. So you threw that in there. It was a little challenge for you. You're like, I'm going to. So, so what turned you around on everything? When did, when were you like, Hmm, that could be a thing. Maybe. Wow. On the spot, that could be a thing. I, you know, I, I think it was, I was finally in a, well, I mean, I, I was, you know, I had specific reasons for why I made the, the moves I made or choices I made in my life to get me to that point. Um, as you well know, we don't need to go into all that. Uh, I, I think it was just realizing that uh, I had met my match. I had, I had met somebody exceptional. So you make exceptions for the exceptional, I think no. somebody told me. That's what um, I told him. Uh, that is what she told me. You make exceptions for the exceptional. And, and, you know, when you, when I started looking at, you know, first off, I wasn't looking. In fact, I had finally jumped back into dating, um, it, it, that, uh, probably about what, eight months prior to, to our, to us going out and, and had sworn, you know, said, okay, you know what? Yeah, that that's not so much. I'm going to focus back on work again and get that laser focus again, and and then it just kind of organically happened. Yeah, it's funny because I remember in the beginning of our relationship, he was talking. Well, he was going to just lay this all out because, you know, we were friends, but we didn't really know each other very well, and you know, we could tell that now there's like there's this chemistry, like my heart's pounding, like you know, you can kind of feel it. But there's, you know, at our age and at our stage, we're like, there's some reality of will this really work? He had a list of things and I didn't make two of them. I wasn't I wasn't in my 40s because by then I was, you know, 52. We started dating. I wasn't in my 40s. And I had a child that was younger than 12 years old living at the house. And that was among all of these great traits. Those were the only two that 
I didn't, you know, hit spot on, you know. So he was like, oh, well, one could change in about five years because at the time Cece was eight. So it's a price of admission that he could manage. He was like, okay, and, you know, why did you want somebody in your 40s? And he was like, well, I want somebody with energy. I want somebody who, who's driven and I want somebody who takes care of themselves, you know, and I found that a lot of women in their 50s don't, you know, kind of given up on that. And I was just starting it on fire, you know. So, um, and I remember him sitting down and like telling me, well, you know, I have goals. Like I have things I've got a plan and I've got goals and I have things I want to accomplish. And like, I've got a five year plan. And I said, well, what if being with the right woman could get you there in three years? And then he picked his jaw up. Off the Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. And what's really funny is that Melanie was saying to me, you know, he works a lot. And I'm like, I get so turned on when he's working. I'm like, yeah. Like, how can I help you? What do you need? This is awesome. I'll work some more. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, I think this is a really, it's a really neat story because there, there is the beauty in the journey. And I think that's another takeaway, you know, for our listeners are, is it's a journey, right? And there's something magical that happens when you surrender and you let things happen authentically. You know, you, like you just mentioned, you kind of went through some stages where you, you reconnected, you guys happened to know each other from before, but you didn't have specific intentions. You, you progressed from friends, you know, business more oriented to then finding out that there is chemistry and, and things, um, that you found attractive in each other. How important is timing? You know, you know how there's all these things and you hear about where it's like, oh, it's a good person. Just wasn't the right time. Was was timing I think, I think a, a factor? Situ- it's funny you should say that because I was just thinking had everything had happened five years ago and we ran into each other. I I don't think I look at him as being like such a catch and on such a such an elevated level. I was not there yet. I hadn't gone through the junk yet. I hadn't gone through the growth yet. And I was not the woman that he would need for us to have the relationship that we have. And I think that that wouldn't have happened. But because of, you know, everything that I'd been through and what I, you know, had learned, I really do feel like that attracted him to me because I was really focused on, you know, trying to better myself, trying to make myself strong, you know, going through the healing, like analyzing myself and everything as well. I think the timing is everything. We, we found ourselves at a time where we both aligned very well. Alignment. That's, and that's, that's important, right? There, there, there's so many people in the world, I think that meet and they're just not in the same place. So it has nothing to do with two people not being good people. It's just that they're not aligned in where they are in life. And so I think that's a great takeaway is are you, are you aligned at, at a place in terms of goals and being elevated? I know we spend a lot of time talking about savers, but I mean, it's something that we continue to believe and have that philosophy, you know, do you support do you align? Do you add value? Do you elevate? Do you rise? And I think as a couple, you guys are demonstrating that. You have a voice and a message, but it can be hard to raise your voice above the noise. So how do you reach your audience and inspire them to take action? 
How do you increase your influence, grow your network, and drive engagement? Podcasting is a powerful way to build a connection with your audience and turn that crowd into a community. But where do you start? Rockwood Audio works with entrepreneurs and businesses to design and craft high-quality, smart content that fits your brand like a glove. Rockwood's podcast launch package includes one-to-one coaching and development, strategic and technical support, audio and visual branding, broadcast quality editing and production, and even distribution and setup. They'll get you from idea to iTunes in half the time with a great sounding show that your audience will love. They even wrote the theme music for this show. And Rockwood's subscription editing, production and publishing services takes away the hassle so you can focus on what's important. For a free consultation, go to rockwoodaudio.com. That's R-O-K-K-Wood.com. Rockwood Audio. Brand out loud. The world is listening. Okay, let's pivot to the juicy stuff that people want to know. We've learned a little Sex. bit of your... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, this is the X-rated hey. segment of the show. <laughs> now yes. you are paying yes. attention and you have put your... You've stopped what you're doing because we're about to get into it. No. Um, well, we learned your stories, your backstories. There's a story to every person, especially when you're later in life and you decide to start over and take a leap of faith to to try again in a relationship. And you've, um, as I mentioned, you two have been quite successful. And so I'm sure at this point in the interview, our audience wants to know how are you successful? What are some of the success principles or things that you both practice to keep your relationship thriving? Go ahead, baby. Oh, so I, I, I believe that the core of our success in our relationship is that it's intentional. Like we do a lot of things with intention. And I think it's part of our alignment, though. We're, we're both very intentional in our lives. Absolutely. And, and that just kind of spills over into our relationship as well. I was encouraged by Wesley because he had in his, um, in his bathroom, in his house, a code of conduct that he lives by. And um, one day when we were taking a ride out to go see his mom, I said, I would love to have a code of conduct, a couple's code of conduct. And I, and I love that I'm with a man that, number one, has a code of conduct for himself, that he came up with himself. And, and then secondly, that I'm with a man that wouldn't go, oh, what? You want a what? <laughs> that would not be my guy. So um, There, there might have been that little voice in the back of my head somewhere. Oh, stop. <laughs> Whatever. So... He's all, get that paper out because I'm going to tell you what's up. So, so um, our code of conduct is, is kind of compromised with things that could be triggers for us. Compromised that, or comprised? Yeah, that too. Okay. Comprised. I, I, just curious. I thought maybe there was something I didn't no. know. This was like no, it was not compromised. <laughs> <laughs> Jean-Marie has a very special way with words. I am special. So, sometimes they... <laughs> come out and i found 
a man that like puts up with that. There's women. There are. There's someone out there for you. I love your special. Oh, oh, it's amazing. Wow, wow. So he. So we came up with this with this code of conduct, and and a lot of people, um, I think, have naturally a code of conduct in their relationship like we're exclusive or but i think that when you when you say that i think it's in people's head and i don't know if they totally get on the same page with it so when you guys say code of conduct is it something that you wrote down is it something that you have like notes in your phone how does that work it's written down and it's in our phones and it's posted in different places. I mean, here's the thing. I, I believe in life, we all have a code we live by, just like we have morals we live by. Whether mm-hmm. we have them written down and are intentional about them or not, they're there. Um, but I think you set yourself up for success when you're intentional, when you write things down. So, and, and review and, and and keep it where you can see that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, again, live by it. it. It just gives you, look, we are by no means perfect by any stretch in, in any way. And I don't really believe anybody is, but the nice thing about having this is when you get off the rails or when you find yourself, uh, I think you've heard Gina Marie talk a lot about course correcting. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you that, that guide to very easily bring it right back in and course correct and be right back on track. Yeah. And, and this is just, it's a tool that works for us. Um, and when, my girls were um, all living together. I found that having a chore chart worked out really well. Everybody knew what the chores were and everything. But when there's a chart and their name is written on it and it's their week, I could refer to the chart and it somehow takes away from, um, uh, you know, making them feel like it's put on on them it's it's just it's it's just it's written it's the way it's supposed to be it takes maybe the emotion out of it a little bit by having it written down that's that's what i found um with with our our code of conduct and it's you know one of the things with our code of conduct is we have a relationship review on sundays and we get together and and we talk about things and we come to each other with you know an open heart and a non-conflict kind of situation where we can talk about things that um might be pushed aside because they're not really a big of a deal but later if you don't say anything then it comes out like why didn't you ever say anything to me well it really wasn't that big of a deal well um reviewing our relationship it's big enough that it's it's tapping at you though Right. Right. And so I I think this is really amazing because oftentimes what you hear in relationship struggles is when things fester because they're not spoken. So that is when an argument occurs and something like, well, two months ago when you were on your phone and, you know, and it's like, whoa, why are you telling me that now? Well, you know, I'm just kind of making up a random story no, but. communication is everything and and also too by by you know that's i think that's one of the one of the main things in our code of conduct is that re- weekly relationship review and it's something that you know i embrace completely because it's it's that platform to always have a voice and it's also that also helps create a safe place we know that we're going to talk on sunday and we're going to be able to speak our hearts speak our minds and with, with no judgment and with with the other person completely listening, 
So you, you both come with vulnerability. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and say, what, what's an example of something that maybe one of you, it doesn't matter which one of you, have brought up where it was a little bit of a struggle and you brought it forward and maybe how you work through that particular thing? You want to do that one? I'm going to let you take that one. Oh, I'll no, let you go pick. Ahead. No, you no, no, want no. me to pick? Uh, well, ooh, you don't yeah. want me to pick. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Gene Marie's like, well, but one time, okay, there was a second time. No. No, I think it's, you just, sometimes you come up with things and it's just, you, you process them, you work through them, you talk through them, mm-hmm. and you listen with an open heart. And then, you know, I think for us, it's, it's letting the person speak their heart, all of it, while you're listening and not trying to defend or interrupt. There's, there's no one's attacking anyone. We're just, we're talking. We're pouring out our hearts. We're being vulnerable. And then then the other person can respond. And mm-hmm. then you can kind of start a dialogue and, and process together. Yeah. And, you know, I try really hard. I'm the one who struggles with this in our relationship because I am very passionate and I am very spastic and... <laughs> And, and, you know, when you're Let's talking, focus on the passionate, <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're talking about matters of the heart, women can get very emotional and sometimes my voice gets a little loud and gets a little, you know, gets a little up there and I get, and I get a little, um, aggravated and, you know, he does a great job with being calm most of the time that's that's definitely his his temperament it's such a turn on for me that he is just he's calm he's put together you know he's cool he's collected me not so much you know um i've told him hey i haven't thrown anything at you yet (laughs) he's all that will be the last time (laughs) (laughs) but but he knows I am capable of it. There's been a couple times where I have gotten a little, a little heated with things and, and I try very hard. It is in my heart that I want to not do that. I don't want to be that woman. I want to be, I want to be mature in it. I want to be solution oriented in it and, and come to the table with, with a solution. And that's why we're talking about this. It's not about tearing him down. It's not about, it's not about, you know, um, making him feel bad for what he did or punishing him or, or anything like that. It's, it's about, okay, this happened. It is what it is. This is how I feel about it. What, what can we do? And we always talk about that. Like, what can we do in the future? How do you need me to be, you know, in, in this time? And uh, she's really good about asking me, how do you need me to show up? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what we're really, what we've really discovered as of late is, you know, I need her feminine energy. I need the soft side of her. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the fact that she is a strong and powerful woman and is, is, you know, self-supportive and and self-made and just crushes life and takes it and owns it. Um, but then when we're together as a couple, I need that feminine side. Yeah. And he, and he does a really, he does a really sweet way of reminding me of that. I need you to be soft right now. Okay. Yeah. It's growth. It's learning. I mean, I don't think we'll ever arrive. It's, it's a constant, constant growth, which I think we both love too. Um, you know, and, and 
Part of it is, you know, two other things that are, I think, really key for people, um, men and women, you know, if, if, if you're single or if you are in a relationship and in a relationship that you're questioning, have a list. We both had a list. We both still have our lists mm-hmm. of what that perfect person would be for us. All the, all the elements and qualities that we want in someone. That's that alignability. You, you, you have to, if you don't, if you're, if you're not in alignment, it, it's going to be a struggle. I mean, relationships are already, um, well, let's just call it what it is. They're work. I mean, everything, there's nothing that's easy in life. There's just not. And I, I think we make it easy because we choose to mm-hmm. and, and work through everything. You know, the other, one other really big thing that we do is, you know, I know I'm a workaholic. I know she's a workaholic. And so, um, and I found this throughout my, I found this through my dating that my work got in the way a lot. It, it was, it was, that was my challenge. So we have date night, mm-hmm. Wednesday night, every Wednesday night we have date night, four thirty. My, my family, my, my partners, my clients, they all know that as of four thirty Wednesday night till Thursday morning, they're not going to get a hold of me. And, and they actually celebrate that with me. They, they honor that, but that's just a time where we can connect. We don't wait till the weekend because usually, you know, we're socializing or with people or things happen on the weekends. That's just the one time during the week in the middle of it all, you know, because Monday and Tuesday of a week is usually kind of crazy and Wednesday things are kind of coming back together. And it's just a, a time where we can connect and talk about our weeks. Because usually by Friday night, you know, when you're trying to go out and have a bite to eat, it's like, ah, I really don't want to talk about it. Yeah, or there's yeah. other people involved and you don't really get to spend that time together. And and we try to be very intentional about not being on the phone, you know. And, I mean, I'm flexible because I understand that there are in certain situations, you know, if he's got a deal that he needs to wrap up or whatever, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm like, go print that money, Daddy. You go. But when it comes to, when it comes to like, you know, on a regular basis, that you know, the phones, the phones go away and we tell the kids, flood, blood, or fire. <laughs> Don't call. Somebody bleeding. Yeah. Ice cream is not bleeding. <laughs> hey, could you pick me up some ice cream? My sister's yeah. looking at me. It's not bleeding. Yeah. No. Well, I think there's there's a couple of things that I'm picking up on that are the success factors here. One is communication is paramount. You have to have it. And your, your check-ins are one way that you do that with consistency. The second thing is intention. And you're very purposeful about your time. So I think that's great for our listeners to hear because it's not about the quantity of time. It's about the quality of time and how you are committed to it. Because an often excuse of people is, oh, I don't have time to date or I don't. I don't have time. It's about making it if you want it. And I think, you know, we had uh, one of the things that we had mentioned earlier in the interview was timing. And like Wes said, it's work. So it is a choice. Being in a relationship isn't just always every happy minute. And when two busy people, you know, come together that are juggling everything that there is in life, like families and careers, then how do you make the growth happen between each other, that's when you 
put that specific time to it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we're intentional with that. Yeah, and again, if you're aligned, it, it's a lot easier. I mean, you know, she said something to me at, at the beginning, and you know, because we, we talked from the beginning, and I, I put it all out there, like, yep, nope, mm-mm, and, you know, I've got, I've got a plan. I'm, I, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing, and what did you say to me? <laughs> he, he didn't. He was he was concerned that I was going to slow him down because, you know, you get in a relationship and then girls can be needy and be like, oh, but shouldn't we go here instead of you working and and distracting him? And and so he's like, I've got a five year goal. You know, I've got a plan. I said, mm, well, being with the right woman, maybe you could get there in three years. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> and And by the way, I'm I'm. That five-year plan is is definitely on, it's on track. an accelerated it, track. It absolutely is. And so, yeah, being with the right person when you when you have goals and you have when you're dreams, like-minded, yes, it just propels you. Mm-hmm. It's that mastermind, you know, that that gives you that synergy that helps you to accomplish things. And I just I am so happy for him. To, to see his success and and I want I know that one of my favorite things is when he is in his zone I describe it as him being like a little boy like it's like it's like it's like you know that love he has such a love for his business that he becomes almost childlike and I see it in him and I'm like oh my gosh there it is I would never want to take that away from him that's I, I love that about him um one of the other things that I think uh I try to be intentional about in our relationship is studying him, paying attention to him and paying attention to things that he needs um, and being intentional about that and, and knowing who he is and, and appreciating who he is and, and being able to compliment that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I very much want to compliment that. I know he is complete and whole by himself. I am complete and whole by myself. If something happened to either one of us, we would be okay. We're going to be okay. Although I want to, I want to compliment his, his, his life. And he tells me, he tells me, baby, you make my life better. You do. I said, yeah. Deco- I'm here to decorate your life, right? It's the, it's, the, it's the sprinkles and the cherry on top. But I love that. I love that because you are you are a fully baked cake. You are whole and complete, but you can decorate each other's lives to, to enhance it. The right person should plus your life. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. That exponential factor. Yeah. And, and you know, what's great is... When you think about business, right, you guys are talking about some some concepts here, like a code of conduct, like checking in. That's the same way that you would you couldn't have a business without measurement. Right. You couldn't have business without practices and processes in place or else it would fail. That's that that's how it works. And sometimes I think um, when it comes to matters of the heart, like you said, it's like, oh, things will figure themselves out. It'll be fine. Go with the flow. But when you have that intentionality in the right way, not like overly structured, then you can um, have a mentality of, of success. And, and I believe that love is an action. It's not a feeling. Oh, he makes me feel so good. It's like, no, it's love is an action. And, and I try 
to show him by actions that I love him. And, and that might be like not pushing his button and trying to bring the best out in him and, and understanding his needs. And, and I do that very easily because he has the same heart with that as well to serve me. It works both ways. And, and also too, it's, it's understanding each other's love languages. I was just about to ask you guys that. What, what are your love languages and how do you, you use that? So we actually did this on a date night one night. We got this, we did. (laughs) I got this book. It's called the couple's adventure book. And we scratched off our little scratcher and it was take this test. And he's so great. He's he brings it out and he reminds us that, you know, that we're going to do this. And, um, and so we took the test. My love language is acts of service and touch. Okay. And his are quality time and words of affirmation. So I, it's very easy for me to, to build him up with words and he just, he receives it. Um, and, and I know that it's very important to him that when we're together, that I am not texting my girlfriends, that I'm not, you know, being distracted. Sometimes, sometimes that might mean just being in his space while he's working. Like all, I have a laptop at his place and when he's working, there's always something I could do for blissful fortitude. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'll sit down and I'll be, you know, doing my little thing, doing whatever I need to do. And, and he just, he just wants me there next to him. And, and I, and I get that and I know that that fills him up and I, and I love being there for him. Oh, and then, and then, you, do you want to talk about what you do for me? <laughs> <laughs> what have you done for me lately? No. <laughs> With you know, acts I, of service. and Yeah, again, that's intentional because acts of service is, you know, way down on my list for me. So I have to really think about that. And I, you know, and we check in, I, I you know, I ask her, what can I do for you too? But, um, you know, one of the biggest things and simplest things is, um, you know, on date night, drawing a bath for her. Mm, yeah. I mean, so that I can, yeah, relax from whatever and then, and then just, just getting, yeah, that and opening the car door for me. Oh yeah. Always, always opening doors. And he's always like bust a move. Like don't touch that door. He does it for my girls too. Oh, he's like, Brielle, hold on, hold on. I'm going to open that door for you, Cece. And he is teaching my girls. This is the way a man treats you. It's amazing. There is still chivalry. There Heck is. yes. There is. Yeah. But he, he likes to be able to do those things for me. Um, when we're riding on the bike, I absolutely love it when you when you reach down and you just kind of give me a squeeze on the leg. Like, like just, I'm here. I got you. Yeah. You're protected. He gives me a little pat when we're going to have potholes and I'm going to go flying or something. Oh, those, <laughs> but, are, those are crazy. Missed one this last weekend. Yeah, though. missed one last Oops. weekend. We, woo, we got a little airborne on the oh, bike. So it was really fun. I was giggling. <laughs> Did you expect that reaction? No. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Woo. Good thing we got a sissy bar. But, Thank goodness you thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not fun. Potholes. Um, but yeah. So, so those are our love languages. Yep. We know them. We and then study we both each other. Love gifts. No, we, <laughs> That's the fifth love language <laughs> that we didn't cover. Yeah, that would probably be more me than him. <laughs> um, I do love gifts. Gifts. I used to think gifts and acts of service were my love language because my mom's love language was gifts and my dad's was acts of service. 
Um, but when we took the test, uh, touch came, came up and, um, he, um, and you thought words of affirmation were and didn't realize how high a quality time was, but it, yeah, it's very interesting how they're, they're opposite. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think you, you have a appreciation for all of them. It's just what, what comes up most, you know, for you. Yeah. So that, I mean, this is, this is awesome. I mean, and I appreciate you guys opening up and sharing, you know, some of the success principles because there's a lot of people who can just value to try some different things. So what I would encourage you, if you're listening, you know, give, give some new things a try, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to throw some new stuff into your relationship. Or if you're, you know, out there and getting ready to perhaps get into a relationship, these are some new things that you can, can uh, incorporate. Um, but so with that, that brings me to my last question, which is advice. What advice would you give for that person who is like, okay, I've gone through the ringer. I've just been through the the dumps of bad relationships and I I want to give it a try but I'm just I'm scared. I'm kind of stuck in the past. You know, we spent some time talking about healing. How does someone go about just getting out there and uh giving dating a shot again? Wow. That's a tough one. Uh, you know, I mean it's everybody has a story everyone's been hurt. You just, I think you have to come from a place of understanding and knowing that that's part of the journey and part of the process is, is, is the growth. And, and don't be afraid to open yourself up. Just understand the signs and the red flags. And when you see them, listen to your gut, your gut knows. Yeah. Know your value. No, no. Um, be the woman that the man that you want would want. And I think that, um, you know, having the list of everything that I wanted in a man, girls, you gotta be, you, you know, they can't just show up on a white horse and take care of all your problems. Like you have to show up in a way to be valuable in their life too. And that is the only thing you have control on uh, over is, is, what can you do to improve yourself? You know, what are you doing to take care of your health? What are you doing to take care of your thoughts? Uh, you know, what are you thinking of? What do you, you know, do you have other hobbies? You know, do you have a circle of friends that you can confide in that are, that are going places and accomplishing things? Because as you know, on the episode that we did with um, what guys want and you know, when a woman, that's an important thing is that they know their confidence and they, you know, and they know their value and they know and have confidence. And so I think when you work on that, it just, there's just a pull, you'll be a magnet and the right guys will come to you. Um, and if you don't do anything different, nothing's going to change. That is so true. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I appreciate you both talking about learning from your past experiences because it's the lessons that you take forward that make you more successful in the future. It's not, it's learning from them. And, and it is, it is interesting thinking about feminine energy. You talked about Wes and we had learned from a previous interview with uh, Theo, who's that rapid transformational therapist of how you can be 
an empowered feminine where you have a great deal of independence and pride in who you are, but can still be a soft receiver of love and open yourself up to not block off, you know, the, the possibility of just having a vulnerable, open nurturing relationship. And I think it's a balance of both of those, right? Mm -hmm. I think in some of your past relationships, you mentioned that, you know, he had the empowered, which could be fire and gasoline when the two of you get together. And then you, and then you have the other that's just like squishy soft and then there's no backbone, you know, it's like, it's like you want to have a little bit of both of those, right? The right balance. The balance of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's somebody for everybody too. It's just finding that match, the right type that of balance of that, correct. right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And and I think I feel the same way about you too. Like like I love that you're a strong man, and I love that you you know you take charge most of the time. I show up, and he tells me what we're gonna do, and I flip and love that. I'm a mom of eight, a single mom of eight. I love that I have a man that's like, this is what we're doing tonight. Hallelujah. And sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes he says to me, you pick. And I'll pick if he says you pick because he wants me to pick. And so I'll pick. But I love that he's strong enough to do that. But, but I do have to remember that, that he has a soft side. And I won't expose that to everybody. <laughs> Easy. Not that your buddies are going to be listening to this podcast, but they are. I don't want my man card getting revoked. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, woman. I think that there, there's just a whole lot of wonderful information that you both provided. I think that'll be just so helpful for people. You know, this isn't easy. (laughs) I think we've all acknowledged that at multiple points. It's you know, relationships are work, but it can work if you make it work, right? Yeah, but you know what? Being alone and being single, that's work too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all its all work. I don't think that we can get out of this life without. Yeah. He, <laughs> without before that. I came along, he had to remember the birthdays. He had to. <laughs> <laughs> I had a system for that. Hold on. I have reminders in my sure calendar for that. I am sure he did. Oh. He's, he's left-brained. Ah. And I'm right-brained. There you go. And you so see? together we're a full brain. You know, scary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is something that I need to appreciate about him and not like, you know, want him to be more like me. I have to appreciate that. You've got a lot of complimentary people Mm. around you, Jean Marie. I know. (laughs) I know. My my partner is left brain. I know. My man's left brain. We were just examining. And I'm a lot of right brain for the both of you. So there's a lot of creativity Mm. and passion going on right here. So she balances balances us out. Um, But I think, you know, the other lesson that I'll just summarize, because I I think it's so important to emphasize, um, is how part of the process in between relationships is working on yourself and having that rediscovery, you know, period of making sure that you, you you know, you have that self-love and then when the timing is right and you have that readiness, then you can be a compliment, not a completion, mm-hmm. a compliment in someone's life. And not bring, a competitor. Yeah, not a competitor. Not Just a completion. Bring your sprinkles. A compliment. Bring the sprinkles. Like an accessory. The I accessorize yeah. you, right? Accessorize <laughs> and decorate. There you decorate. Go. Decorate. Oh. So <laughs> I like to 
end interviews on a fun note. And so we have the blissful fortitude bonus oh boy. questions. Which were you were you aware of this? You were not. <laughs> I'm I'm scared. You should be. And the reason for that you should be is because I um happened to expand the list of questions. And as I did that, I I usually had a list of like five questions, but I wanted to have a list of 20. So you have more to choose from. And I admittedly didn't read them. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to know how you put together questions without reading them. Well, I just find them and kind of like cut and paste them. Gotcha. And so I scan them. Okay. I shouldn't say I didn't totally read them, but I scan them and I don't really remember. So what I'm going to have you do... Each of you can choose one number. Okay. <laughs> what between one and one and twenty? Okay. One and and 20. then I'm just going to read you whatever that question oh, is. Okay. <laughs> All right. You want to go first? So, West, number nine. Number nine. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. And I'll pick number eighteen. And number eighteen. <laughs> okay. So each no. of you will answer both questions. No. Right. Okay. No, that, no, I'll do 10. 10? Yeah, I want 10. Okay, so now... I take that back. I want 10. You want 9 and 10? 9 and 10. Oh, heavens. Okay. Okay. 9 and 10. All right. Number 9. If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would that be? (laughs) Well, I know which one I would never bring back. (laughs) (laughs) What would you never bring back? Fashion trend. The whole 80s. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. Yes. I had the best hair for that ever. The, The side ponytail? And my my Puerto Rican big old poofy hair. Are you kidding? Oh, with like teasing. I permed it. I had the best big old hair. It was awesome. Ooh, okay, Wes doesn't want that. Mm, <laughs> no. No. no, no. All right, that's why you like my hair flat ironed. All right, I do. <laughs> okay, Ooh, what would you bring what back? Fashion though? trend? Would you bring back? Oh my gosh, that. I'm I'm stumped. I know what I would do. What fashion trend? Uh... Okay, what would you do? Oh, for for a guy? Oh, I think it's so sexy when they would they would dress in suits all the time. Like dress up. You'd see you look through um pictures from my dad when he would go to like the beach or the or the creek and they'd be in suits. They'd be on full on suits. That's a creek? Yeah. What the heck in the world? Yeah, it was crazy. The heck? But they would yeah, they'd be like ties and suits and and the women all wear je- dresses and the women look feminine and the and the men's hair were like slick back and everything sounds like the mob yeah. <laughs> you know what i would have to go with that i was just like that that was that was a great era they were I mean, clean just, just class. And they were classy class. mm-hmm. you know these days nice and, and that was i wasn't a suit guy but i was a shirt and tie guy for a long time and it took and now i don't even own a tie mm. it's um you know it, it, it it's a different era and it took me a long time to 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 settle into this where you know jeans are acceptable yeah 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 in fact jeans are a fashion statement and you can go to you can go out for a night out of town in jeans yeah especially in california that's true right? yeah absolutely yeah. is there a fashion yep. trend related to women that you would bring back in me well, um, well, yeah, like the 80s. Like, I love that. Wes wants to get rid I of it. Oh, yeah. You want to bring it back. Stretch pants and... With the stirrups? 
They had stirrup yeah, pants. Yeah, they did. They had stirrup they had pants. jelly Although, shoes. Although, you know, here's the deal with that. I must have been buying cheap ones because I would get so upset. You put, this is the this is the truth about that fashion trend. You would wear those and then your knees would sag. Like from bending your knees, after a while you'd be standing there and good ones would keep from like having saggy knees. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A lot of so, memories. A lot of memories there. That's awesome. Okay, okay. what's my number? Number, number 10. 10. What's the most embarrassing fashion no. trend you used to rock? Oh, and this is meant to be the fashion category. Oh. They Maybe, can we go your back pictures. to her original number? <laughs> <laughs> now you have Maybe to we should do a different number. Um. Okay. Oh, my gosh. When I was like 11... Oh, boy. Um, I had a Dorothy Hamill haircut, which was all the trend. She was she was a people ice are, skater. People, people are Googling that, that yes, right now. That was like, it was a short, short and sassy. And I had to have the shampoo that was short and sassy shampoo. And I got it cut. And I would be like at the grocery store. And, and always I would get, excuse me, son. Like, <laughs> I look like a little boy. I guess I was 11 and then I had this short haircut. I look like a little boy because oh, I wasn't, you know, wearing makeup or anything like right. that. That was the worst. Mm. That and then the bowl, the round bowl around my face, the Ooh. captain and Tennille. Oh. And I used to think her name was Antonille. And my mom's like, no, it's Captain and Tennille. Her name is Tennille. <laughs> I said, I want a Tennille haircut and Tennille haircut. Oh, so those were, the my first, those were the worst when I was little. Oh, gosh. Oh, that sounds awful. I was so... I like the way I look so much more in my 50s than... Than, than any other yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think I'm think i living my best life right now. Like the way that I look. In my 30s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Yeah. My older ages, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I wouldn't want to go back to 20s or... Below. Nope. All right, Wes, how dreadful were you? I'm kidding. <laughs> Very dreadful. Oh, he was adorable. He was very Have clean. Have you seen pictures? Cut. Yes. <gasps> Unfortunately. Oh my goodness. She oh has a key God. to my place, so every now and then she goes uh, over there on her own yes. and you know snoops around, snoops and all of a sudden around. I come, come home and she's like, "I found this <laughs> photo." <laughs> you make that sound so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to tell you. I have to tell you. See? So, oh my gosh. He go. was, now I'm totally going to gush. Okay. So I just think he's so sexy because he has this way where he's like, he's business and he, he always looks sharp. His shirts are always pressed. He looks clean. His hair is always on spot. He's always, you know, clean shaven and, and, and everything. Not clean shaven. He, he has like a little goatee, right? And then I talked him into... So that's like one look. And then I talked him into growing out his goatee, which, oh, I just loved so much because I'm totally love, you know, me and my beard. Right? Yeah, I do. So, I do. So he had he had a goatee and then he, you know, we go on the bikes and he, he looks so sexy in that stupid helmet and, and glasses. And then I look like an alien. Like my head is like five times the size of his because he got me like the best helmet you could get and everything. So he looks, he looks like all da, 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 like, you know, dressed that way. And then the other day he showed up over John's house. We're all out on the patio and he comes in with flip flops 
and his hat turned backwards and his Oakley sunglasses and and his board shorts and, and, a, and a T-shirt. I'm like, you need to stop. Like all the different looks. I'm like, that might be my favorite. I love. Oh, my I'm gosh. Always, I just, that's Wes, like, how do you even handle the words that come out of her mouth? <laughs> It's like, these adorable. Are, this is the real just life. remember, she's special. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love, I, yeah. I think you just might have I saved him from always... that, that question. He has no, he's had no bad looks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, you, you know, I can remember every fashion phase of my life. And in that time, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this, man, in that time, I thought I rocked mm, it. Mm. I thought I was all that. Those and hammer man, time pants? That was the worst. That was probably the worst for guys. Those, no, those, those were actually pants. workout pants. So I was a gym rat. Mm. Those were we wore to the gym, but yeah, we yeah. also wore them out because we thought they were cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of signified, kinda hey, yeah. They were kind of wild looking. Like, the, uh, they were. They had some good patterns. There's a lot going on. Then you look back and you go, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I know. But then you just use that to entertain your children and... Hey, mom jeans are coming back. What the heck in the world? Brielle's wearing mom jeans. I'm like, I cannot believe that you're wearing those. Like, they don't make your butt look good. But she's so pretty that it just doesn't Yeah, I mean, like, you know... And make my butt look good. Okay, wait a minute. Do you want her butt looking good? Okay, you keep on wearing those, Braille. <laughs> Where she's those? Yeah, I know. Years old. And she's fourteen, looking. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I know. Woo. Okay, and with that, and with that, <laughs> may your. Oh, now I'm no. doing a Gina Marie's line. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to to me babble and gush about this man. And I I hope that that as you're listening to this podcast, that that you know our heart isn't that we have arrived and we are the best and what we do is what you should do. We're just telling you our story and we're telling you the successes that we've had from it in, in, in hopes that you can take something away from that and be encouraged. And, and thank you so much for listening. If this is something that you enjoyed or you think somebody you know would enjoy, share it with somebody today. Uh, we'd love for you to rate yes. and review. Absolutely. Um, for us, write a little review what you thought about this on Apple Podcast. And if you want to get a hold of us, you want to tell us how they can get a hold of us? There's so many ways. You can so many ways. call us at 1-833-MY-BLISS or 1-833-692-5477. You can reach out to us on email at hello at blissfulfortitude.com. And you can find us on Facebook. We actually have a community called Blissful Fortitude Circle. And finally, you can find us on Instagram at Blissful Fortitude. So thank you so much for listening. And with that, may your faith be greater than your fears. And remember, you are your only limit. So take action today. Thanks for listening to the Bliss Bliss Beyond Beyond Fear Fear podcast. podcast.